Next on BYU Sports Nation, Saturday football for BYU in Boise. Why that may be just what the Cougars need to finally win on the blue. Cougars might be playing Wyoming again. Do you like the idea of that game and playing more Mountain West teams? W-Y-O and major changes for college basketball proposed. Will student-athletes finally get paid? David Nixon got paid in the NFL. He'll join us, plus BYU's latest All-American loaded show. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 25th, wherever and however you are connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with one-and-done college broadcaster, Jerem Jordan. No, I'm still here. I've been here a while. But you were one-and-done as a collegiate broadcaster that went pro early. I did. I guess I went pro early. Yeah, I went pro early. Had to go make that money. In Italy. (laughs) If you could broadcast in your second language, Portuguese, do you think you could pull that off if you had enough time to study the Portuguese language and go back to Brazil and maybe call soccer or volleyball? Months, like to really do it? Yeah, yeah. To really do, like to do play by play. It's it's harder than it looks. I know that you make it look easy, but it's it's a difficult thing. You have to be able to describe things, areas, situations, context, background, coaching philosophy. There's all kinds of things to go into that. Let alone, it's hard enough in English. Yes, I speak Portuguese, kind of. Yeah, I've had I people speak church say, Portuguese. I've had people say, "Oh, you should totally utilize your Korean for the Winter Olympics and go back and call sports you're like, in Korean." You're like, Why would we have a non-Korean broadcast Korean? You want me to call snowboarding? Translating in for somebody is different <laughs> than doing play-by-play and describing. Totally. Let me channel my inner Sheen Moon Sun, who is uh, a very notable Korean broadcaster, and go call snowboarding and bobsledding because yeah. I'm so familiar yeah. with that vernacular in another language. language. Yeah. I tried to recruit you to work at BYU TV as a student, but you were working at the MTC getting that, getting that BYU money. Highest that's paid that's job the highest paid job on campus. Let's go. Awesome. All rise and shout for the money. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Mountain West Conference announced its ESPN television schedule for the 2018 college football season yesterday. In that release, news that BYU will play at Boise State on Saturday. That's never happened before. Not on the usual Thursday or Friday spot as it has been in the past. Jerem, do you like having the BYU at Boise State game on a Saturday. Not as much as a Friday, honestly. I like the Nostris Nocturnum, which is own the night of a Friday. Granted, this is a road game, so one day of extra prep for BYU I think is certainly merited and needed. The Cougars are 0-4 on the Boise Blue. Three of those losses are by one point. Interestingly enough, these two teams have played eight games. In the two wins for BYU, those Boise State teams were not double-digit win teams. The six losses, those teams were 10-plus win teams. 11, 11, 12, 10, 13, 11. In fact, only one of them was a 10-win team. They were 11-plus. So to beat Boise State, it's taken a lesser Boise State team for BYU to do it. 
I don't know if that kind of team exists this year. Did be, BYU made the 2015 Boise State team a nine-win team. They weren't mm. 10, and it took a Hail Mary. So basically, it's been one quality, normal, regular win, and another was kind of lucky. Boise State has BYU's number. The day doesn't matter all that much, but I hope that BYU can finally win on the blue. I like the ESPN spotlight. I think it's fun. And they'll it's still be spotlighted by ESPN. Good for both programs. But it won't be programs. isolated, right? Yeah, not every college football team that plays on Saturday and is in their hotel rooms are going to be watching BYU and Boise State. That's a big number on a Friday night. But I think BYU needs a full week to prepare for Boise State. I anticipate that this will be another 10-plus win team that Boise puts together because it's what they do. So I think that BYU needs a full week, especially if, it, if it's a road game. I like that BYU has a full week to prepare for a good football team. Like, that turnaround on a Thursday when you got to go on the road, chalk that up as a loss. It's like, I, I don't think that BYU when will beat BYU Boise State that? on the road on a Thursday. So give them the extra time. They barely beat Boise State, period. No matter what day it yeah, is, no matter you where shorten it is. the time frame and make them go on the road, that's brutal. I think BYU benefits from having a full week to prepare for Boise State. Also this, Jerem... A pseudo stat of the day. BYU is undefeated against Boise State when playing on Saturday. Oh, snap! 1-0. <laughs> also, that game was in Provo. so And it took three Kainakua interceptions and uh, okay, Hail Mary. a Hail Mary from Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Juergens. Yeah. WYO Sportsnet is reporting Wyoming is in talks with BYU for a home and home football series. Say it with more no energy. Say it with more energy. Home and road. WYO! <laughs> I'm not doing that. There's a missing element to all of this yeah. that you can't find here. The report says nothing has been finalized, but the two have been in talks for weeks. So, Spencer, it is our question of the day, and I okay. ask you, which former Mountain West Conference opponent would you like to see on the BYU schedule each year? Without hesitation, TCU. Give me the Horned really? Frogs. You want redemption for 05? I love Gary Patterson and what he brings to college football. Pull up the tan pants 78 times a game. <laughs> Let's play football every Pfizer! year against the Horned Frogs. It was always a really fun game, and they're a good team. Quality program. Home and home scenario every year. Excuse me, Jerem. Home and road scenario. Thank you. They're not playing two home games. For BYU and TCU, I think that's a good game for both teams. And I love the opportunity to beat Gary Tanpants Patterson. I like watching all this SD footage of when BYU was in the Mountain West and ranked 10 years ago. It's been so long. Come on. Playing Wyoming in the Poinsettia Bowl was kind of fun, I guess. You know, you hang out with that. Seeing Wyoming's like seeing that, like, Kind of friend, but kind of weird dude at your high school reunion, you know? I Former, I, I, I love playing Boise State. That's not a former Mountain West Conference opponent, though, for BYU. I guess I'll go with UNLV. It's a win, and it's in Cougar Stadium South, as Brian Keel once called it, even though it's Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Maybe that game would be in the new Raiders Stadium. <laughs> I would like that. But, like, there's no, I not, would like that. There's not a former BYU opponent that I'm like, yeah, every year. I don't want to play TCU because TCU is going to win a lot of those. Against BYU. I, I don't like that matchup. I think the matchup's bad for BYU. But like a UNLV where it's like Vegas, you can spend, like, BYU fans flock to Vegas and pack the house, and it's probably a win. You know, it is what it is. A tweet yesterday when I 
tweeted out the article about BYU and Wyoming being in talks from at Cougar underscore Nate, who is also the voice of the Lyman Eagles. Yeah, baby. Speaking of play-by-play. He said, I think y'all will be pleasantly surprised by how much Laramie has changed over the past seven years. It has grown much nicer town with many more hotels and restaurants. Nice. They got an Applebee's. The hatred for BYU is still there, though. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What else is there? I don't know. Cows, cows and hatred for BYU. Yeah, a trip to Laramie. I've never watched a BYU football game in Laramie. You have done that twice. And it's been an amazing experience both times. It's been incredible. Just take Lee Johnson up there so he can break the scoreboard, okay? Let's just say it's been memorable. Thunderfoot breaking the scoreboard in Laramie would be a great thing. On to basketball, Jerem. Six months of work by the NCAA Basketball Rice Commission findings were released. All sorts of goodies. Or was there? Like, what's the status of the one-and-done scenario for elite NCAA players? What if players declare for the NBA draft but don't get drafted? And are student-athletes finally going to get paid? Jerem, what's the biggest news coming out of the NCAA Basketball Rice Commission findings? First, when I Googled Rice Commission, the second thing was from the California Rice Commission from Cal Rice Farmers and Mills. So that's not it. Uh, that it took six months, 60 pages, and probably a bunch of money to come up with something we could have brainstormed on the air during the show. Seems like it. Also, the commission didn't take a stance on how to pay players. What? Sticking by the student-athlete phrase that it has hid behind since 1964 when NCAA Executive Director Walter Byers countered attempts to require schools to pay for workers' compensation. Um, so, so there's that. Listen, there's a- time to update that. There's a lot of great things about college athletics, but there are a lot of issues to resolve. I applaud the effort in trying to do this, okay? That's one of them, paying players. Address it. Do we need a separate commission for that? I, I, I don't know. They tried to address a lot of things. Obviously, the agents and the shoe deals and the whatnot are a thing that they, uh, college troops needs to figure out. They want to harsher, move away from the AAU right, scene. Harsher penalties for those who break rules, you know, um, I'm interested to see what actually happened. No actual rules were, were put into place. This is all just ideas that were submitted by uh, a committee comprised of at least Condoleezza Rice. Was Jay Billis on that committee? Because that's the no. guy I want on the committee. I would love to. Oh, yeah. College basketball player, analyst, lawyer. Yeah. Put him on the committee because he brings real talk and real perspective. Condoleezza Rice. College football playoff committee, you know this? Like, she's crazy powerful, dude. It is pretty nuts. Her influence is that, widespread. Yeah, yeah, influence is the right word. I like the idea that came out of this of allowing a player potentially to come back to the school they originally committed to or played for if they declare for the NBA draft and don't get drafted. So it's not so finalizing. Like, hey, I want to just see if I'm good enough to get drafted. If I don't get drafted, I'd like the opportunity to come back to the school that I pledged myself they to. would have to move up the draft for that to really be effective because dave rose hears from eric mika i'm going to the draft you know and i'm signing an agent or whatever so they, it, it's complicated for the timing for the scholarship for the school replacing that player but also can you sign an agent get a bunch of money and be like and cars house whatever up front and be like oh i didn't get drafted and i'm back but i got that stuff do i have to give it back well you probably have to regulate that yeah you bit. have to figure that part out but move the draft up then. To but it's like, like May. hey, maybe Eric Meek is like, man, it didn't work out. But now I, I'm going to Italy. At least give him the option like, hey, you didn't get drafted, but we want you to come back to BYU. 
telling me that BYU fans wouldn't have wanted at least the option for Eric. I still like, want him back, even uh, though he's played yes, for a year. Exactly, exactly. The Open com- up the option. Yes, the commission feels like the one and done rule should be done away. Okay, it's not a college rule, by the way. It's an NBA and NBA Players Association rule. So Spencer, should the NBA do away with the one and done rule? I don't really care if they do or don't. If a player is good enough to play in the NBA at any point, whether they're 18, 19, 20, or 21, let them go. I don't care. I really don't. Players are further and more quickly developed in our day and age because of training and resources. Physically, yes. If they're good enough, if they are good enough at any point, regardless of age, let them go. I, I I don't care. But the idea of wanting to protect college basketball, I understand. Where it's like, okay, if you're going to play college basketball, you need to be here until you're at least 20 years old. So there was not a proposal or idea from this Rice Commission to do the baseball idea. The baseball is uh, idea is if you go to a Division I out of high school, you have to stay there at least three years or be 21 years old. Or you can go straight to the pros at a high school, or you can go to a junior college and play. So Bryce Harper went to the College of Southern Nevada. As a 17-year-old, he got his he graduated high school no, early. His, uh, he graduated from high school early. Yes. He went to College of Southern Nevada, then he's the first pick, and he, he bounces. Okay, There was not this idea. I think the G League needs to come in here and bridge the gap somehow. I think the G League could be a, a good league where guys don't go overseas. They go to that league straight out of high school. It's minor if league they, basketball. If they don't want to go to college. Not everyone comes from the same background. Some people need to make money and develop their skills. Also, in what other industry do we hold back someone just because of uh, age? Like, if you're re- like, if there's a 12-year-old that creates a startup business, he can do it, and then he can make money. Obviously, needs the help of other people. But why would we hold these people back? I'm okay with the one and done going away, but I want the G League to have a bigger role in all of this. All right, six months, a lot of money spent. And we're still asking a bunch of and questions. And no answers. <laughs> we need some people in place to get things done. Calling Jay Billis. Someone do something. Uh, people that are doing something are a handful of coaches at BYU killing it in their respective sports on campus. Carrie Roberts had her on as a guest this week of women's golf. Back to back to back. West Coast Conference champions. Women's golf has a dynasty rolling. They don't get the notoriety because they're not a lot in the public spotlight, but as a coach, she's doing work. The coach of BYU Gymnastics, Guard Young, has resurrected that program. First All-American, Shannon Hartman-Evans, in 14 years. They finished ranked 17th in the country. They haven't been that high in more than a decade. Both of the Olmsteads and the BYU volleyball teams, Sean and Heather, they make a living of advancing deep into the NCAA tournament, winning their conferences or federation. And then Ed Eyestone of track and field has his team at number eight. Jerem, all of that, who's your BYU Sports Nation Coach of the Year? In the spirit of the MPSF giving it to Sean Olmstead, I give it to Sean Olmstead as well. Now, there was a new conference. Some of the you know quality teams uh, left. UCLA was still in the league. Pepperdine was still in the league. They were the big challengers. But BYU did what they do, which is win the regular season, win the tournament. Back in the NCAA tournament, third year in a row, that's never happened to BYU. I go Sean Olmstead. I think he did a tremendous uh, coaching job losing All-American Jake Langlois, who was tremendous from the service line and hitting, Team USA guy. You had to replace Ben Patch and Tim Daubert at opposite, so he brings in Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. This team had some issues, 
but answered the questions and are back in the tourney. So fun fact, when you bring up Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and recruiting him, when his father was on campus, my dad was here as a Thursday's hero with BYU football, and Sean Olmstead and Gabby Garcia-Fernandez's dad were in the indoor practice facility. My dad lined up to kick a football held by Johnny Linehan, and the ball hit Sean Olmstead in the back of the head. And that <laughs> awakened a sense in him and my mom, that he had not... My, not seen before. My mom said it's a good thing that ball didn't hit Gobby's dad because he probably wouldn't have come to and then BYU. He come to BYU. <laughs> Your dad could have changed the fortunes of BYU volleyball. Wow. <laughs> my answer to this question and? is guard young. Talk about a guy that has taken over a program. Such that, a nepotistic one with Brigham Young. Guard two young. years. Come on, man. Two years ago, this team wasn't sure if they were going to make the NCAA regionals. They weren't sure if they were one of the best thirty-six teams in the country. Like it was close. Now they finished the season ranked 17th. They're in the top 20 for the first time in more than a decade, and they finally get an All-American, Shannon Hortman-Evans, who will join us again today to talk about how much the BYU Sports Nation karma affected her at the NCAA championships. How much was her? How much was the show? Yeah, that's a good question. Guard Young's the guy, though. He's just got an enthusiasm, and it's not about, hey, we want to be a top 20 team. He the next step is let's get into the top 10. Let's score 197 on a consistent basis. Let's compete. And he's driven. He's driven to do that. And so I think that he deserves the title of BYU Sports Nation Coach of the Year. Our question of the day for social media, which former Mountain West Conference football foe would you like to see on the BYU schedule each year? At JC underscore Eastwood responds. The only real answers, <clears throat> excuse me, that would help our strength of schedule each year would be TCU, Utah, and San Diego State, hashtag BYUSN. Is anyone saying New Mexico in this? Colorado State. Is anyone saying? <laughs> I kind of do like the Air Force situation as, you know, one of the armed forces yes, schools. Yes and no. It's, it's a challenge defensively. It's a real ta- And they're just, they're just cutting guys, meaning diving at their knees. Chop blocking. Well, chopping is illegal. Cutting <laughs> is legal. Well, they still chop block, but it's okay. Okay. How, how dare you? Coming up, is it a big deal, no deal, that BYU is undefeated on Saturdays against Boise State? How could it not be? Next, which former Mountain West foe would David Nixon want to see on the BYU schedule each year? And how many guaranteed wins does he have for BYU on the 2018 schedule? Does it include UMass? This is BYU Sports Nation. Better, dude. Come on, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If baseball last night wasn't good enough, then softball will be tonight. It's Cougars Hosting State foe Utah State from Ogden. What, Boney? Oh, Logan. Tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Welcome back. BYU Sports <laughs> Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is always rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out on Snapchat. Hashtag BYUSN. Do we still do the, the snap, the snappy snap? We have to now. Yes, Let's do it. Just a snap, snap, snappy. snappy. Just a little snappy. <laughs> Someone right now is like, oh, shoot, hurry, uh, send a Snapchat. <laughs> Our social media question of the day, which former Mountain West Conference foe would you like to see on the BYU football schedule each year? At B-Royal Blue Coog tweets in. I'm open to any of them that prove they can compete on a decent level. TCU has a consistent history of success and would be a fun matchup. 
If San Diego State can get back to national relevance, then I'd love that rivalry to be renewed as well. I think they have kind of become nationally relevant because of some good running backs, right? Rashad Penny, like they've been in the top 25 at some point in the season a few times over the past three or four years. Yeah, they've They've been okay. Yeah. Do you like the San Diego State potential matchup each year? I think so. I don't really like the game in Qualcomm, but. They're on a future schedule, I think 2019, right? They're the regular season finale next year. Yeah. Yeah, I like that game. Okay. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is former Mountain West Conference football star oh, for BYU, star. David Nixon. David, it's been forever. Welcome back to the program. It has been a minute. How's it going, guys? We are well, and we would love to hear your opinions on like 17 different things. So let's get right let's to go. it. Let's go. Starting with our question of the day, which former Mountain West Conference opponent would you like to see on BYU's football schedule every year? So can you throw in TCU and Utah? Is that part of that's, the yep, That's the idea. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that changes everything, right? I mean, 100%. It, well, first of all, it's got to be Utah. That's obvious. I, I think, you know, that, that should be uh, not part of the poll. But, yeah, TCU. No doubt I would love to play TCU. You know, I'm all about playing the best opponents. And, and yeah, your, your schedule might suffer from it. That's the only way BYU will ever get better. Otherwise, we're just kind of going to be hovering that mediocrity range. And so I'm all about playing TCU and uh, going down to Texas. I think playing, uh, you know, down there every, every other year, if, if we were able to schedule that way, um, opens up that pipeline for the Texas recruiting, um, gets, you know, more exposure down there in that state. And so I'd be all about TCU. Second place would probably be um, – well, Boise State wasn't in the Mountain West when I played in the Mountain West. So – uh, former Mount West, I'd say probably San Diego State as well. I like San Diego State. I mean, listen, as a player, you get to go down to San Diego maybe in November, December. That's never a bad time. So Now, you didn't say Wyoming, and there's a report that the uh, Cougars and uh, Cowboys may meet in a home and road series. What do you think of that? Terrible. Uh, you guys know I feel about <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> That's why we got you on today. No, I'm just like, listen, uh, Wyoming's, I mean, they're, they're up and coming. Josh Allen obviously helped propel them to kind of what they've been the last few years. But in the bowl game, the poinsettia bowl with Wyoming was a fun one, obviously. Um, so I don't hate it. I just hate Laramie. And, uh, you know, just my <laughs> They memory. just got an Applebee's, David. <laughs> yeah, well, you still have to stay at the truck stop unless they finally got a hotel in the whole city. So I, We've learned that there are some new hotels in Laramie. Do they, can they fit a football team? That's the question. Or is it, we don't is know it, the answer. We'll get our fifty people. We'll get our research team on this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the voice of the Lyman Eagles to tell us that at Cooper <laughs> underscore Nate. Yeah, we're not looking that. Let, let us know. Okay. Uh, speaking of more Mountain West opponents, BYU and Boise State are going to play on Saturday this year on ESPN. Do you like BYU and ESPN Boise State on an ESPN channel in the rare Saturday matchup? Love it. I love it. I, that's when football should be played. And I know that traditionally in the past, it's been a Thursday or Friday game, um, which, yeah, it's great. The whole country's watching. There's some exposure. But keep in mind, usually those Friday games, there's usually a doubleheader, right? And there's an East Coast game, and then the West Coast game will come on at like 8.30 p.m. Um, and so the East Coast people aren't seeing the game anyway. So I, football should be played on Fridays. And, and frankly, you know, I, I remember playing on some Thursdays as a player, both collegially and in the NFL. It's tough. It's tough on your body because you get guys banged up on Saturday. And by the time, you know, if a game's rolling around on Thursday, a lot of guys aren't healed. And I know the NFL's thrown a huge stink about it. The players have. Uh, you know, I mean, Richard Sherman got injured on a Thursday night game, and he had some, you know, voices, opinions always. But um, I think there's a lot of truth to it. Your body's just not ready to play four or five days later after you just went through a game. So um, 
I like to move to Saturday. Like I said, that's when football should be played. Um, and, and, of course, you know, with it being on the ESPN network, they'll still have the, the national exposure, uh, but, but on, a, on a Saturday. And it doesn't, it doesn't create issues traveling. And then, you know, if you're playing at Boise, excuse me, if you're playing at Boise State, you don't have to you know, have excuses that you had to leave a day early and there's not that whole uh, issue at hand. So I'm all about the Saturday games. Yesterday we discussed how many guaranteed wins there are on the schedule. We differed by one in our number. Spencer said three. I said four. What do you think? Zero. <laughs> there, McNeese State is not a guaranteed win, David. Listen, we thought. We, listen, we thought UMass last year was a guaranteed win. Uh, no, I. I think you probably have. I think you probably have four four games that should be guaranteed. I. I'm telling you, I'm hesitant to say anything. Um, although I do think Grimes and his offensive staff, looking what happened with spring ball, I think they're on the right track, and, and I, I think they'll be able to produce points and and be able to you know get some production out of the offense. But um, I tell you, it's tough because you know uh, I think a lot of these teams will look at last year's team and and now they have a kind of built-in confidence saying. You know, this, this is a team that limped into the finish line last year and, and struggled, um, didn't make a bowl game. And, you know, while we had them scheduled out three, four years in advance, we have an opportunity to go up there and upset them. And so a team like Mendes State will, will come to Provo and, and have some confidence riding with them. So until BYU can prove them different, and unless BYU can go out against Arizona or Cal or Wisconsin um, and put together a great game and upset maybe Wisconsin or even down there at Arizona, um, you know, all these teams will feel like they can come in and beat us, including your Utah States and, and Northern Illinois as you move down the schedule. Okay, this just in uh, from the BYUSN crack research staff. Laramie <laughs> now has your choice of uh, Holiday Inn, three stars, Hilton Garden Inn, three stars, and Best Western, two stars. So there is a significant upgrade in the city. Your thoughts? Significant. significant. Yeah, we don't have to, trade, you don't have to stay at the truck stop. Um, where your door opened up to the outside, and there was, <laughs> there was all sorts of things going on at 2 a.m. Yeah, that's, that's a significant upgrade. The Stories. Hilton Stories. Garden in it is. Stories are <laughs> off the air. <laughs> <laughs> David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation, former NFL linebacker and an outstanding player. And lover of Laramie. In the Mountain West Conference. After spring football, how were you feeling about BYU football? And maybe that has changed over the past couple of weeks, but what – what are you feeling about the current status of BYU football now that the spring has wrapped up? Listen, I'm confident. I mean, going to practices, um, going to the spring game, you can tell. It's just it's just a completely different identity. Uh, Jeff Grimes has come in. He's instilled that discipline that, that this team so badly needed. And, I, and not only is it on the offensive side of the ball, but I think that you know, discipline he's bringing is also kind of filtering onto the defense side of the ball. Um, I think Kalani stepped it up as well. Uh, you know, Eliza as well. So I, I, I'm optimistic. I, you know, it's a whole different attitude down there, and it gets me excited. Of course, you know, uh, I know a lot of fans get bugged about the preseason hype, and I'm not saying BYU's going to go undefeated by any means, um, but but it is a different mood and a different feeling down there. And and finally, you've got a coaching staff that's got a ton of experience as well. Um, I mean, you you look at Jeff Grimes, and he's got experience being basically a co-offensive coordinator down there at LSU and and calling the run game. Uh, but you've got guys like Fessy Stockett that was offensive coordinator at Weber State that has coached a lot of games. Aaron Roderick, who was uh, you know offensive coordinator at Utah. I mean, you got a lot of experience around Jeff Grimes. So when the time does arise that they're facing an issue against Arizona or Wisconsin, a different defensive concept that maybe they prepared for, you've got guys 
guys up in the box and on the field that can chime in and say, hey, from based on my experience, this is how we're going to attack that defense. And uh, that's something that, that Ty's offense, unfortunately, just didn't have. You didn't have a ton of, of experience. Yeah, you had some coaches that coached at one point at BYU, uh, but not a lot of guys that got experience outside of, uh, of BYU. And so I'm excited about this offense, and I think their new identity that they're um, you know forming at this time will only continue to kind of solidify throughout the summer and, and hopefully roll into uh, fall ball and into the season. David, which team do you want to draft Fred Warner this weekend? Oh, I just It's not actually a team. It's more of a system. Fred, Fred needs to go to a 4-3 where he can showcase his, his speed on the outside. I think if he goes to a 3-4 where they try to stick him in the middle, because in a 3-4, he's definitely not an outside linebacker in a 3-4. Those guys are going to be more of your stand-up defensive ends, right? Um, so it needs to be a 4-3, a will backer that they can get him out in coverage, kind of like what he did at BYU, and, and, and be able to showcase his speed. So, you know, maybe a 3-4 team tries to take a chance on him. Um, I would hate to see that. I think he really belongs in a 4-3. But if you're Fred or if you're any BYU fan, it's it's more about how soon does he get picked rather what team he goes to. Because the sooner you get picked kind of shows how much the the, the team, uh, you know, how much faith they have in you and, and, and how soon you'll play. If you're a first or second rounder, you're, you're almost guaranteed a starting spot. Uh, then as you start to slip in the rounds, third, fourth, then you become kind of a back of a special teams guy. So, um, you know, if he if he goes in the first couple of days uh, or even early in the third round, I mean, it's a good sign. You'll, you'll see him playing a lot on Sundays. Cumulative projection has Warner going somewhere just inside the top 100. We wait and see. David, great stuff. Book your room at the Hilton Garden in Laramie now before it's too late. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right, David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Would David Nixon have been drafted if he wasn't on the mountain? That's a question I have. 100% yes. You think so? Yes. Would Johnny Harleen have been drafted? Would Johnny Harleen have won the Mackey over Aaron Hernandez? No, but what was Dennis Pitta, right? Sorry, Dennis Pitta. Dennis Pitta would have helped, right? More exposure, like what he did. That was amazing. Yeah. The Mountain. That was fun. Coming up, BYU's newest All-American joins us in studio. And can a university offer to change its mascot, then go back on that decision? (laughs) That'll do, donkey. This is BYU Sports Nation. May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. We will be in Mesa, Arizona at Pioneer Park from 11 to 1 local time, 2 to 4 Eastern time with the BYU Fan Fest. Come hang out with us or watch it on the television or listen to it on the BYU radio, May 5th. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back to Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio National Simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Time to present our t- top BYU SN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Our t- t- top BYU Sports Nation <laughs> stories. Television plans announced yesterday for BYU at Boise State this fall. Saturday game. On November 3rd, November on an ESPN network quality game in November, and it's on a Saturday on the Boise Blue. Kickoff time has yet to be announced. The only surprise here is that it's not on a Saturday, that it wasn't changed. We've known it was going to be Boise State November 3rd for a while. Men's volleyball coach Sean Elm said, he's the 2018 Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Coach of the Year. Did I text him to inform him of such and he didn't know? Yes. Maybe. Brendan Sanders, the ABCA Player of the Week, and Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, 
is the off-the-block national freshman of conference postseason. BYU baseball loses to some team from Salt Lake City, Utah last night, 8-4. to four. Was it the Bruins of Slick? Uh, no, it says here the uh, Utes, the, the Utes yeah. scored six runs in the fifth inning to clinch the win. Come on. Their staff combined to strike out BYU 13 times. That's mucho. Cougars host San Diego tomorrow night and begin a huge West Coast Conference series. You can watch Game 1 on BYU TV at 8 Eastern time. And softball looks to defeat another in-state rivals. They take on Utah State tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. The Cougars defeated the Aggies earlier this year in a close one, 5-4. Let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Ben Bagley, join us, won't you, and present number one. I would love to. Big deal, no deal. BYU is undefeated against Boise State on, in games played on Saturday. Yeah. Woo! What do you no think, de- Jerem? No deal, 1-0, and it was on a Hail Mary. <laughs> I no think deal. it's a big deal because BYU needs a full week to prepare for Boise State on the blue. It's not so much about BYU being undefeated against the Broncos on Saturday as it is giving them a full week. I like that. Okay, an extra day. They they need it. They need it. They should just fly in the day of, like, Gary Croton and the Cougs at Nevada. Oh, okay. That worked out really okay. well. Okay. Fast forward to number two. <laughs> Big deal, no deal. BYU baseball falling to Utah again. Big deal. You don't want to lose to Utah anytime. This is a Utah team that has, is it 10 wins now or 11? 10 wins. Two of them are against BYU. The fact that the Cougars have lost twice to Utah. I know Utah beat number one Oregon State twice. But they have 10 wins. Like, at home? Come on. Take care of business, baby. I hate losing to Utah in any sport. Literally anything. Women's lacrosse doesn't. Hate it. But from a big picture perspective, it doesn't really matter because they don't play in the same conference. It's about getting into Utah's the top been four for a long time, Spencer. of the West Coast Conference. You just took their strongest point. <laughs> Used it against Brigham. How dare you? Well, I think Utah would feel the same way if they lost to BYU last Here's night. Here's how Utah feels. <laughs> it's no deal. BYU needs to beat San Diego. And they need no. to win the rest of their West only, Coast Conference series. The only reason you're saying no deal is because it's inconvenient. BYU lost. No, like, oh, therefore had, it doesn't matter. had BYU beaten Utah last night, it's like, cool, great. They beat Utah. I like not beating cool Utah. Not cool. But it doesn't impact what matters most for BYU baseball, and that's getting a well, shot at the NCAA most tournament. are the student athletes. Are right? they paid yet? <laughs> Number three. Big deal, no deal. The University of Toledo offering on Twitter if they got enough tweets to change their mascot to Shrek and then bailed when it almost happened. This is a big deal because it's super weird. The fact that they put it out there that, okay, if we get 500,000 tweets or retweets, we're going to change our mascot? Why would you ever say that? Why would you ever say something on the air and then if it didn't happen, you had to do that embarrassing thing? On the show, man. You know all about that, man. It's a dumb move, I know, from personal experience. And they took it back. <sighs> Why would you they say would that you're to going Shrek? to change it to Shrek? And and of all the things, Shrek? <sighs> really? Why not like the Optimus Primes? Like, that would be awesome. Get out of my swamp, the, donkey! The Ninja Turtles. Like, you can do better than Shrek. 
Go Toledo! So was it going to be the Toledo <laughs> Shreks or the Toledo Ogres? <laughs> Those are bad, dude. Lime green, they inherit the color of lime green. Dude, Those would be Toledo. sweet unis. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Oregon's like, here, we have a Pantone that would work for you. Uh, it's a, it's Toledo a big deal. Next year, by the way. It's a big deal because that was poorly played. Like, don't, don't do that stuff. Don't do that. Intern Jeff got a hold of the Twitter account for the university. Good gravy. Like, I don't that think was, he's working there anymore. That, that was a wildfire. Like, it was going to happen. The Toledo Shreks? <laughs> <laughs> the best part you go was, multiple? The best part was their excuse afterwards. Uh, it was put out there to be fun, but then it became too much of a distraction, so it, we took it down. A.K. it was too fun. Yeah, exactly. Somebody cue the Price is Right loser horn. Womp, 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 womp. Well, we just played the free one that we got. Yeah, it's true. Number five. Last one. Big deal, no deal. A- Avengers Infinity War. Ooh. Tomorrow. Big, big deal. Very excited about this one. Very excited about this one. This is going to have like 78 gajillion people in it. I think 76 characters or something. I've watched more <laughs> Marvel movies over the last calendar year than I have in my entire life to, to get into this. Yes. And it's been fun. Yes. Captain America's. Can't wait. Okay. Obvious Guardians of the Galaxy. I watched all of the Thors. Yes. Really fun. Ragnarok. Re- really fun stuff. It is a big deal. The bigger deal for me is the fact that I haven't seen Black Panther yet. When are you going? Let's go right now. I have to see that before I can see Infinity War. I can just play American Ride the rest of the show. We'll be good. Ulysses S. Grant. (laughs) (laughs) Take a ride. (laughs) On BYU Sports Nation. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, let's go see Black Panther. Yeah, let's do it. I'll look right now when showtime's like. Okay. Do we have a meeting? Oh, we have a meeting this afternoon. Never mind. Our social media question of the day which former Mountain West Conference foe would you like to see on the BYU football schedule each year? At DeYoung1993 tweets in, UNLV, because it's an easy away game to get to, and BYU is undefeated against the Rebels at Lavelle Edwards Stadium South. That's right. They're, what, 9-0 now, I believe? You were at uh, Sam Boyd Stadium and for countdown to kickoff. So, yeah. That's- the offensive game of the year in 2017. Bryant Squally Canada did his thing. It was great. Joe Critchlow came oh, out. Three touchdown passes. Joe Critchlow looked like he was an All-American in that <laughs> game. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, coming up, by their fruits you shall know them. Volleyball sowed what it reaped. And next, the voice of the nation. More of your responses to our question of the day. Which former Mountain West Conference foe would you like to see every year on BYU's football schedule? Let the voice of the nation be heard. Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want. Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Chris Bryant of the San Diego or the... uh... Chicago Cubs played at San Diego. This has been a rivalry with the Cougars in the West Coast Conference. You're not going to want to miss Game 1 of the series tomorrow night, 8 Eastern. BYU trying to battle its way into the top four and make the West Coast Conference tournament. It's tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play live from Studio B. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYU SN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV 
at 6 p.m. Eastern. Let's hear from the voice of the nation. Roll it! This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Former Mountain West Conference poll would you like to see on the BYU football schedule each and every year at GeoCoog11 tweets in, other than Utah, I would want to play either TCU or Air Force every year. TCU because of the Power 5 matchup and rivalry. I also have nothing but respect for Troy Calhoun and the Falcons of Air Force and wouldn't mind playing them every year to bring back the stadium flyover. Oh, everyone loves the stadium flyover. Air Force is a unique challenge. I'm not sure I want that challenge every year, to be honest. Bronco Mendenhall was a great. Oh, he was a genius at playing. Preparer. Or, that yeah. Ran the yes, Georgia yes. Tech and Air Force. And yes. At Shea Lawrence, only Utah is required each year. TCU would be nice. Another Power 5 opponent, but please schedule them in October or November. Yeah, let's get more Power 5 opponents. That's great. Send any responses. Voice of the Nation. Hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now. Once again, it feels like we just talked to her. <laughs> Shannon Hortman Evans, All American gymnast. It's yeah, now official, yeah, Shannon. Yeah. Congratulations. You stay you said your goal. You said I want to be BYU's next All American. Yeah. And, I did. and you did it. Like how satisfying was was accomplishing that? As soon as I finished my bar routine, I thought of you guys. So No, you didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't. You should have not told us that you didn't. But yeah. <laughs> No, no, we were so we were so awesome, uh, honored, you know, to th- that you came in here. You said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I want to be an All American." So, when in the routine were you like, "Okay, it's on," like I'm doing it, it's happening? Not at the beginning of the routine. Um, again, as soon as I stuck my dismount, I when you stick, it's such a big explanation point. The judges really like it. So after that, I was like, "Yeah, maybe," and then I got my score, and I was like, "No, maybe not." And then I waited the night because it was a nine nine, and yeah. I told you guys that I didn't think it, yeah. a nine nine yeah. was going to do you said it. Nine nine five or nine, nine. yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So second team All American. Yep, you did it. <laughs> How much of an impact did the BYU Sports Nation karma make on that performance, Shannon? Oh, I think the BYU karma is is what got me there. Yeah, your skill had something to do with it as well. <laughs> We've never given the karma to anyone that. Uh, Sucks. So, yeah. yeah. You bring it's people only on here. Good people. Yeah. <laughs> it's only Wait, the real test will be when there's relationship. Like, like this player that doesn't even play. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. You didn't have any other BYU teammates around you, no. but Utah really embraced you, kind of as one of their own. Can you tell us about that kind of unique relationship with them? I was really surprised by the leadership that Utah showed not only with their team, but with me as well. They really just took me right in. And I was also with another player from Stanford that was an individual qualifier, and they took her right in too. It was like we were part of the team for the weekend. They gave me a little note, a little letter saying, like, welcome to the team for the weekend. We're here and cheering for you. Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I like that. Now, I know you had some contacts that you competed with through club gymnastics, through your high school years that go to Utah. But what what is your relationship like now, having gone through that with them? Um, I actually got closer to some other of the like some other gymnasts on the Utah team than I thought I would. Like, I was able to interact with others because I already knew my club teammates, so I took the time to get to know the other gymnasts. And Utah doesn't seem as bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you seem disappointed about that. No. You know, it's funny. Like, so in, in men's volleyball, UCLA is the big rival, but their coach is so likable. And I'm like, I don't, oh, no. don't want to not hate you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's funny. Um, athletic director Tom Homo, I guess, 
called you when you were mm-hmm. there? What did he What did he tell you? He just told me how proud he was of me, which really, like, how awesome is it that we have administration that calls their athletes after they finish competing? Like, you're still on the, on the mats, right? Yeah, I was still down there on the floor and about to go cheer Utah on beam, and Wiz was just, hey, like, Tom wants to talk to you, and I, I thought it was really special. Cool. Awesome that he called. Tom, Tom is very personable that way. Like, mm-hmm. he knows everybody's name. Yep. That's incredible. He called me after my surgery as well and was like, I hope you heal fast, and get back out on the floor, and I, that's awesome. That is awesome. Very cool. What score were you anticipating when you stuck your landing? Like, what did you think the judges were going to give you? A 9-9. Nine, nine. Oh, okay, <laughs> so you got exactly what you thought yeah. you would get. I was hoping it would be a little bit higher, but I knew I missed my first cast handstand. Remember how I tried to add in handstands to the uh-huh. hit sticks? and. Uh-huh. So after that, that was about a tenth, and I was really hoping that. I mean, there's six judges, so I was like, hopefully they all give a nine nine. That's what I need. Yeah. Are you done with finals? Today's the last day, right? Yeah, I finished yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, I was done. Uh, how were the they? Best were they week hard? ever for this you? Is, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm like, this is aw- I'm great. This is great. I'm done. <laughs> what was your hardest? This is your last final, actually. My uh, hardest final? Yeah, this this interview. interview. Uh, what this what was your hardest final? Physical science. Physical science. Yeah, That's a hard one. I hated it. <laughs> I hate that one. class. It's horrible. I hope no professors are watching this. <laughs> That's not a good class, and I don't recommend it. Every single professor was. <laughs> Every single one. As you move forward, trying to build off of what was a memorable season, clearly individually, but also as a team. I mean, you finished the season ranked number 17 in the final polls, if you will. What are, what are the expectations for your gymnastics team moving forward? obviously to make it as a team to nationals next year and i think we have the capability to go top 10 and just skip those seven spaces and go top 10 and be a top 10 team next year now typically that means you score on average like a 196.8 mm-hmm. and you feel like you have the girls in place to do that i do yeah i think our team is going to be incredible next year i'm excited it was a fun year was. Not, not just for you but this team and they mm-hmm. kind of took a step forward that was awesome all-American, Shannon Hartman-Evans. <laughs> that sounds right. It sounds good. good. It sounds good. Right. You're right. Yeah. Congratulations once again. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And some karma to enjoy not having any tests. <laughs> whatever that Whatever that. I don't know means. how you're going to apply it, but just take it. In Lots of different ways. Stay healthy. Like when, have like when, fun. Like when Grandma slips you a 20, you're like, I'm not going to give this back. I'm just going <laughs> to take this. Right? Thanks, Grandma. I'm not going to fight you over this. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you, guys. Okay, coming up. Where did the transferred quarterback Cody Wilstead end up? We'll tell you. Ooh, he's following the path of a former BYU quarterback. Was it Alabama or another school? Plus a Coach of the Year award for a BYU coach. And your question of the day responses. More from the voice of the nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guests, David Nixon, dominating the Mountain West Conference to this day, and Shannon Hortman-Evans, All-American gymnast. If you missed any of the show, how dare you? Welcome. Download the podcast welcome. on iTunes or Google Play. <laughs> They're like, that guy's a jerk. Jeez, <laughs> I'm not watching that channel. Come up, uh, coming up this week, Bronson Kafusi, Ravens defensive line will join us, uh, yes. and Twitter kicker Cash Peterman. Best name for a king. Let's ever. whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
football. Straight cash, homie. That's right. Television plans announced yesterday for the BYU at Boise State game. Saturday, November 3rd on NESPN channel. Kickoff time yet to be announced. Cody Wilstead has announced he is transferring to Coffeyville Community College in Kansas. Where? He was granted a release from BYU in March. Good luck to Cody. Volleyball. They don't have uh, physical science the way they do at BYU there. It's going to be okay. John Olmstead, 2018 Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Coach of the Year. Congrats. Brendan Sander, AVCA Player of the Week. And Gabby Garcia-Fernandez is the -the off-the-block national freshman of conference postseason. Baseball. Loses to Utah 8-4. The Utes scored six runs in the fifth inning to clinch the victory. Cougars host San Diego tomorrow night. When the games really matter in the West Coast Conference hey, play, hey. Eastern Six Mountain, watch it live on BYU TV. Softball. It always matters against Utah. Stop saying it doesn't matter. Softball looks to take on Utah State tonight, 8 Eastern, on BYU TV. Cougars defeated the Aggies earlier this year, 5-4. to four. Cougars in the minors. Colton Mahoney recorded a save yesterday, pitching three and two-thirds innings, giving up just one hit, striking out save, five but... batters for the double-A Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. It took down the Tennessee Schmokies. Today's Three, two-thirds and a save? Well-earned save. How's your arm, Colton? Today's Rise and Chat brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Shannon Evans. She had these amazing shoes. As she left, we were like, whoa. Like, do you remember when you first see the slipper from Cinderella and it's like sparkling so bright you can't see it? She was wearing these just decked out, bedazzled tennis gold, shoes. gold tennis shoes. It was incredible. I, we didn't get a shot, unfortunately, before she left. But she gets right shot just for the shoes, not the all American. We need to tweet at her and have her tweet like, a picture of those shoes. It was they were incredible. From yeah. the quilted bear, is that what she said she got? Them? Power five shoes. <laughs> all right, our question of the day: Which former Mountain West Conference foe would you like to see on BYU football and their schedules each year? Our elite tweet of the day from the Voice of the Nation. From Matt Cougarstats. One of the biggest benefits to independence was not ever having to play in Laramie again. Hashtag BYUSN. So why are we doing it again? The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show's on demand on BYUSN.com. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jake Langlois, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Larry just got an Applebee's, bro. It's totally changed. Hilton Garden in.